we're going to jump right into my Thanksgiving teaching today, if that's okay. All right? Um, the number one question I get asked as a pastor, honestly, around the world, everywhere I go when they find out I'm a pastor, is they ask me, man, how do you know what the will of God is for your life? And I believe today we're going to talk about that exact thing. All right, I'm going to tell you exactly what the will of God for your life is. You say, well, how can you tell me that? Because it's not my words. It's exactly what the Word of God says. So we're going to jump right into 1 Thessalonians 5.18. You ready? It says this, In everything, give thanks. It says, For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What is the will of God for your life? In a nutshell, is for you to give God thanks in everything. Now, I'm going to take this very simple scripture and we're going to try to break it down in several ways this morning, but I truly believe if you will get a hold of this today, not only will it help you understand that this is the will of God for you, but it will position your life into a place where you will live the will of God. He said this, he said, in everything give thanks. He didn't say for everything. There's a lot of things that goes on in the world that I'm not thankful for. I'm not thankful for COVID and the 500,000 Americans that died last year due to COVID. I'm not thankful for that. I'm not thankful for the families and the jobs that were lost over the economic stuff that's taking place. I'm not thankful for Pastor Jerry's child being sick today, for him not being in here. I'm not thankful for families that I know are walking through tough situations. But I don't have to be thankful for those. You've got to understand there's a difference in being thankful for and being thankful in. And Jesus said this at the beginning. He says, you know, if we can learn to give God thanks, and I'll come back to this story here in just a minute about Jesus, but here in Thessalonians, Paul saying, this is the will of God. When you learn to give God thanks in everything, it positions you into a place that you begin to live the will of God. You say, well, Cricket, what is the will of God? Well, the Bible says it's the will of God that none should perish. So when I start walking this scripture out, I align my life up into a place that I don't have to worry. Are my children going to serve the Lord and go to hell? Or go to hell? I'm not going to have to worry. Is, you know, that is the situation that I'm walking through or the, the doctor's diagnosis that I'm dealing with going to end up in death or wrong. The Bible says it's not the will of God that any should perish. So if I make sure I stay in the will of God, I don't have to worry about perishing in all of the areas that the enemy tries to convince me that I might fail or perish in. The Bible says this, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans of good, not of evil. Plans to give you a future, plans to give you a hope. God wants to give you a future and a hope. The secret to having the future and the hope is you being in the will of God. And he said this, by getting yourself in the will of God, by giving thanks in everything, it positions me into a place where I have a future and I have a hope. This is what the Bible says. The will of God for us in Deuteronomy 28 says this, and the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. It is the will of God that you live holy, that you don't, you're not stuck in sin and repetitive failures. He, won't, he says it's his will. This is God's will for you to be 
live a holy, he says this, just as he has sworn to you, if you keep his commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all of the people there shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. And they shall be afraid. He says they will all see that you're called by the name of the Lord. You're in God's will for your life. And check out what it says. And they shall be afraid of you. Wouldn't it be awesome if every enemy you had was afraid of you? Man, I would love that. I want my enemies to fear me because of the God that I serve. When you think, when the children of Israel walked into the promised land, when they came in there, people, the enemies, their enemies, most of their enemies fled before they got there because they had heard what the hand of their God could do. And it said this, it says, then all the people of the earth shall see, and they call it, and the Lord will grant you plenty of goods. This is the will of God for you, that you be granted plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, in the produce of your ground, and in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open up His good treasures. Now, can you imagine what your treasures are compared to His treasures are? It says He will give you His treasures. And His treasures look like this. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. God has such good things in His will for you. And this is what it says. It says that you shall lend to many nations and you shall not borrow. Would that not be awesome for the God to, for you to get to a place in your life where you don't have to go to the bank to borrow money to get a car. The bank or your friends are calling you to borrow your money for them to buy a car. I tell you, the blessings and the will of God for your life, it says this, it says, and the Lord shall make you the head and not the tail. Living in the will of God keeps you from being a tail. This is the truth. Most of my life, I wasn't living the will of God. I was being a tail, but they called it a different kind of tail at that point. But it says this, the will of God for me is to be the head and not the tail. And you shall be above only and not beneath. You need to understand what the will of God looks for you. Because if you understand what the will of God looks for you is, then you will understand that you doing what it takes to get in the will of God is what will change everything in your world. So I want to jump into this real quick. It says, in everything, give thanks. Not for everything. Don't replace the two words. In everything. This is the principle that must be learned. You have to learn to... Give thanks in everything. Then the next thing you've got to understand is what giving thanks is. For years, we've been taught to have an attitude of gratitude. You guys have heard great messages on that very topic with that very title, the attitude of gratitude. I'm here to tell you this. It is not having the attitude of gratitude does not position you into the will of God. That's not what it says. It says first you have to give thanks. It doesn't say you have to be thankful. Be th- being thankful is an attitude of gratitude. What it's saying here is you have to give thanks, meaning there must be a verb put into work with your thankfulness. There's an action that has to take place. The verb give is not just you being grateful. Are you thinking grateful thoughts? Are you having a grateful heart? That's all fine and dandy. But it does not position you into the will of God. It's not until you start acting out the condition of your heart that it positions you into a place that the will of God starts working through your life. You position yourself by not... I mean, i got to be honest with you. I'm very grateful that I have a wife. But you want me to be honest with you? 
I could go through my whole days just being grateful and never putting action to that. And chances are I won't have a wife long. You know, my kids, they, I bless them the best I can. This is the rule at our house. I will bless and spoil you your whole life as long as you serve the Lord. When you quit serving the Lord, blessings stop. That's our rule. That's, that's what we do at our house. And so I've been telling that since the time they were. I said, I'll do everything within my power to spoil you until you quit serving the Lord. If you ever quit serving the Lord, I'm pulling everything in my life that I can bless you with out of your life. I'm going to let you find out what that feels like. Because they've never had to feel that before in their life. Now, I'm not, but, so what takes place here is if, if they don't ever, in, the, in their walk with what me and Jen try to do for them, they don't ever turn around and say, thank you, Dad. Dad, that's awesome. Or they show us gratitude, show us gratitude, then I start thinking, all right, am I messing up? Am I blessing them too much? Are they taking this for granted? Because a lot of times we can position ourselves out of the will of God simply by taking what God has done for us for granted. And so I want to jump into the action of giving thanks, the positioning into the will of God. He said this, give thanks. Now, that word giving thanks is uh, spelled E, out of the Greek, is spelled E-U-C-H-R-A-I-S-T-E-O. I'm not going to pronounce that for you. You're going to have to guess your best on that one, all right? But it actually is mentioned 71 times in the New Testament. And it means this. It doesn't mean gratefulness. It doesn't mean gratitude. It means to show one's gratefulness. There is a showing, an output, an action that is to be taken place. Because although you say, well, cricket, God looks at the heart. He does. But to align yourself in the will, you've got to make your hand line up with your heart. So you line your hand up with your heart, positions you into a place that you're in the will of God. You say, well, cricket, what are we talking about? Let's get into what that actually is. Because in giving thanks, there are different degrees and different levels. In giving thanks, there are ways that um, people can choose to live on what spiritual level they want to live in. In Romans 12, 2, it says this, Don't be conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. That which is the good, the perfect, and the acceptable will of the Lord. He gives us three levels of God's will that we can choose to walk in. And I'm here to tell you, the way you start walking into the levels of God's will for your life, it all begins with thankfulness. It says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. You start walking into this thing with thanksgiving. But there are three different levels we can find in the Bible that tells us of what level we can live on according to the expression of thankfulness we live on. Now, there are three different levels we can find in the Bible, but there are actually seven words that represent praise and thanksgiving. All right, the word praise actually has seven different words, seven different meanings. There's the yacht of the public praise, there's the toda, there's all these different words. We're not getting into them today. I want you to, however you can express your thankfulness, will determine what level of what life you're going to live on in the will of God. So I want to jump right into the first level, and I call it the elementary level, if that's okay. I'm going to grab us an elementary school chair because the truth of the matter is most of us live in elementary school when it comes to the will of God for our lives. Here I have an elementary. How many guys, when you were in elementary school, you sat in one of these chairs? 
<laughs> this is an elementary school chair. And, you know, elementary school has different rules and different um, uh, benefits than the other levels of life. You know, my girls right now are in, uh, two of them are in elementary school. Lexi just got into middle school, and it was a shock to her that, you know, there's a lot of freedom in junior high versus elementary. She was shocked, but her biggest shock was, you know, she gets to choose when they walk out of a class if she walks into her next. She was shocked because in elementary school, they line them up in a line, and the teacher walks with them the whole way and makes them go into room. She was also shocked that there's no recess in junior high, but there is recess in elementary. And so what elementary is, the reason why they have recess is because kids, me, are meant to stay in elementary school. Elementary school is designed for kids. So just like in the Bible, when God chose his people and they became a nation and we pick up them being in, the, in Egypt and God delivering them and setting them free, they were like elementary Christians walking out this life that God had for them. They were going toward the promised land. But the problem with it is because they were elementary Christians, they had elementary behaviors and their thankfulness and their thanksgiving was at an elementary level. And so we picked up with God's children, the children of Israel walking into the wilderness and God's hand just moved on a nation and just caused 10 plagues to take place that you can't, they had to say, even Pharaoh stepped back and said, This is the hand of God. Get out of here and take all our money. So you knew it was God at work. There was no denying God was doing this thing. But it wasn't right until they got into the wilderness. We find out that they haven't learned even the elementary levels of God's will. Because instead of being thankful for God setting them free for slavery, instead of being thankful from God moving them out of 400 years of oppression and into a land that now they can interact and the presence of God was involved in their life, the Bible says all they did was grumbled and complained. I mean, and every day they got up even, and cornflakes would come down from heaven and line the ground. I picture them being frosted cornflakes all over the ground every day. And they would get up, and all the frosted cornflakes, it was actually called manna in the Bible, but they, they would get up, they didn't have to do anything for their food. My kids, they're in elementary. They don't have to go to work to get their food, and they don't even got to cook it. We take care of all that for them. I pack their lunch for them every day. They don't have to get up and go do anything to have a lunch when they go to school with every day. This is elementary levels of thankfulness and elementary levels of the will of God. This is just the acceptable. This level here. And it is found in Deuteronomy chapter 8 when Moses tells them this. He says, when your tables are full and God has blessed your crops and when you have plenty... You must remember the Lord and give Him thanks. And that's amazing, but how simple of a statement that is. But how for granted we take that as Christians. Some of us have been serving the Lord for 20 years and we can't make ourselves remember what it was like to be without the Lord. Or we can't let ourselves remember what it was like to be in bondage and be stricken and be and have life without the hand of God working for you, just working to try to get to you. And so we take for granted this thing that God has done for us. 
But then there are some of us that only know how to give thanks in this level. We only know how to give thanks when God does something for us. See, the children, when, when God, their tables were full and the blessings were there, Moses said, remember to give thanks. Now, you don't think you would have to teach your children that. But he had to teach the children of Israel that because he wanted his children to be in his will. And he brought manna and put it on the ground every day. And they complained and said, we're tired of this manna. Give us some meat. Give us fried chicken. And God did the next level. He brought them quail. Quail's amazing. And the Bible says he brought so much quail on them that they asked for quail and he gave them quail and then he gave them more quail and then he gave them more quail till he gave them so much quail it says their camp started stinking. I don't know if quail gives you gas. I don't know if it was something else. But there was so much quail and they couldn't get happy or thankful. God was blessing them at every level. But all they got was now we want something else. We want something else. The simplest level for you to be in the will of God is for you to thank God for what He's done. It's if He has saved you, you should give Him thanks. If He has delivered you, you should give Him thanks. If He has forgiven you for sin that you've committed and you knew better, you should give Him thanks. Because see, at the simplest level of thanksgiving, the simplest level for you being in the will of God is to remember what God has done for you and give you thanks. But I'm here to tell you this. If that's where your level stays, you're going to stay at the kiddie table your whole life. Because, see, I don't know about you and my family. We used to gather, and my family's a big family. We'd go to my grandma's house before she passed, and she always had these card tables and the real people got to sit in the dining room where the big tables were, but then they put these car tables in the living room, and those were called the what? Kids' tables. How many of you guys got to sit at the kids' table? And you all wanted to go to the real table, but you didn't. You had to stay in there at the kids' table and fights and spills and all that kind of stuff. I'm here to tell you, if you're living your walk with the Lord at a kid level, it's going to be messy because God never intended for you to stay at an elementary level of His will for your life. What God's called you to do is to go up another level. Now, I want to show you real quick a story of how this takes place. In Luke chapter 17, the Bible talks about ten lepers. And I want to see you, I want to show you how it breaks down. In Luke chapter 17, verse 11, it says this, And it came to pass, as he went into Jerusalem, we're talking about Jesus, he went past through the midst of the Samaria and the Galilee. And he entered into a certain village, and there met him ten men who were lepers, which stood afar off. And they stood, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, this is the way most of us came into the Lord and stepped into the will of God for our lives. We had found life had messed us up, and so... We were at a distance from the Lord, but we started crying out to God saying, Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on us. Master, have mercy on us. And the Bible says here that Jesus did. And i got to be honest with you, if Jesus didn't do anything else for me in my life except have mercy on me, I should thank Him every day for the rest of my life that I didn't get what I deserve. And He gave mercy where it wasn't earned. And He did this to these ten guys. And He told them this. He said this. He says, And when He saw them, He said to them, Go show yourself to the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, 
they were cleansed. Now, I love this principle in the Bible. Just because you holler at Jesus and say, Jesus, have mercy on and he has mercy, it doesn't mean you were perfect at that moment. How many of you guys have found out that you have been walking your walk out with the Lord and every day you walk with the Lord, you get better and better and better. Here it says they were healed as they went. I want to tell somebody, quit pulling back from the will of God for your life because you don't got it together yet. Sometimes you need to get healed as you go. You start walking the direction that God's told you to walk. And you're going to see that thing that's been holding you back. Those things that have been trying to keep you out of the will of God will fall off on your way. Don't wait till you're perfect till you get there because I'm going to give you a clue. You're never going to be there. You start letting these things fall now. You decide, I'm going to do what Jesus told me to do, and I'm going to start doing it now. I'm going to go that way, and the rest is up to God. He will cause the healing to come in. And so they were healed as they went. So you say, Cricket, well, I can't go to this church because, you know, you drink Red Bull, and you're hyper, and you're ADD. Hey, I'm still going. And I believe before I die, I'm not going to be ADD no more, all right? So you, you, if you can't walk with the church that's being healed as we go, you're right. You probably need to find another one because everybody in here is going to be healed as we go. And we're not going to quit going till we get there. So we're going, all right? But then this is what it says. It says, as they went. It says, and then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. With a loud voice and glorified God. And fell down on his face, giving him thanks as a Samaritan, as he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered, Where there were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? They are not found they, they are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto them, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee. Whole. Now, is that, now that, I want you to go to the King James, if you don't mind. If you'll flip that over, because I want you to see the King James Version. I usually read out of the New King James because I don't have all those old English words in it. But this word's very important in this statement. This is what took place. He healed them. And as they were going, one of them looked down and recognized, Wow, God just did something in my life that no one else could do. It happened to all ten. But one recognized what had taken place. And the Bible says he turned and he went back to Jesus. And Jesus said, where were the other nine? Let me tell you this. It's real easy to get so busy living the blessing that you can miss the will. The nine got so busy living the blessing. So busy Letting the priest, the first one didn't even get to the priest, but the nine did, got to the priest and he said, yeah, you're well. And then they probably went and showed mom, dad, probably went to see their wife or their, because they were no longer allowed to have the life that they had before. Probably went to see their children. I'm telling you, all that's super important. But I can tell you this too, they miss out on what God was wanting to do in their life. God was not just wanting to heal them. 
God was wanting to make them whole. See, now, the leprosy is a disease that is a nerve damaging thing. It starts and they start scratching and itching and it causes wounds on their fingers, on their hands, and the nerves inflame and they itch and opens up wounds and it begins to rot and decay. Infection gets in and the first thing usually that happens with leprosy is you begin to lose fingers and toes. You start losing parts of your body. You get it on your nose and your nose will begin to rot till your nose falls off. Your ear begins to rot till your ear falls off and you start losing limbs on your body. And see, the thing about it is that there was no cure for leprosy. Now, here at the church, if there's anything that I'm, I'm not going to say afraid of, I say nervous about. We do a lot of wild game dinners. If you've ever been here, we do, last one we had with like 26 different, we never do uh, armadillo. Because, you know, armadillo have, um, they say, carry leprosy. And like one out of a hundred do. But that's too many for me to take a chance of catching leprosy. So we don't do le- armadillos at all. Armadillos, that's even more proof they're from the devil. I think that they weren't made in creation. But leprosy is such a bad disease. Then when someone gets it, there was no cure. And it, it begins to rot their life away. And they start losing limbs and parts. Now, the ten that had this encounter with Jesus, nine of them looked down and they saw the wounds heal up. And they saw the open sores, infections begin to leave. And I'm sure they got so excited that God had healed them that they got so busy living the blessings. I mean, it's amazing. I've even been guilty in my own life to where God begins to... I come into God so messed up and my life decaying and losing in so many ways. And God starts putting my life together. And then I let the things that God did for me begin to pull me back out of what God... And being back in the presence of God. And I get so busy living the blessings that I miss the will. You can spend, I mean, I know people that, man, they pray and believe God, asking God for a great job and, you know, to get these newer things. They get nicer houses and bigger cars and nice boats. And then because God had blessed them at such a level that those boats, they got to work all week. So Sunday's the only day they get to take it out. And so they get so busy living the blessing that they don't realize that their blessing can move them away from the will of God. And the nine got so busy living the blessing. If you knew how many families this church is a part of, that they come in so destroyed and at wreck. I'll, I'll even go as far to talk about one story. One story was there was a family just this year that as the snowstorms and things took place, a tree fell through their house, completely destroyed their house. They had no insurance, nothing to do, nowhere to go. And they knew they lost everything. And they came in hollering, God, have mercy on me, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. And God had mercy on them. And God used this church to put them up in a hotel when they had no hotel with snow on the ground. Then God started using people in this church to help them talk to landlords and find somewhere for them to be able to move them because the house is a total wreck, no insurance. And then God started using people in the church to help them get a job, and they started getting a job. God started using these people in this church to get to this next thing. And I'm going to be honest with you, three weeks later is the last time we saw them. Because they got so busy living the blessing that they're missing the will. And the problem with missing the blessing, I mean, living the blessing and missing the will is this. There's another attack in your future. And if you don't 
learn to step out of a kiddie table and move into the next level that God has for you, then you're going to miss the blessing. But the Bible said this. The Bible says that that one leper came back. And it says he gave thanks to the Lord. He didn't just... I'm sure the first nine were very grateful in their heart. I'm sure they were very appreciative. And I'm sure they told everybody who healed them. But see, they never returned to give the one thanks that did what He did for them. So if, if honestly, it's better for you to stay in elementary school and thank God for what He's done than for you not to make an action or a move to think at all. But there's another level that goes to Thanksgiving, and that's what I call what Alexis is finding in middle school. So you can promote out of child care into middle school. And what middle school is, in middle school, they don't teach you the basics. Lexi's finding out this year, she's learning algebra, and she's learning all science, all these sciences and things, and because of COVID, they're not going to have to dissect anything this year. She was all excited about it. But they're not teaching basics anymore. They're teaching hands-on. And the next level of giving thanks in the Bible is kind of middle school level. And David's the one that brought it out to us. David, See, David got the elementary level that Moses had taught the children of Israel. David got it because we see in Psalms... 9 verse 1, it says, I will thank you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will declare all your wondrous works. Everything you've done for me, I'm going to make an effort to say thanks. David said this in Psalms 107, 8 and 9. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His faithful love and His wondrous works for all of humanity. For He has satisfied the thirsty and filled the hungry with good things. And in Psalms 118.1, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. He learned to give thanks for what God has done. But then he went a step farther. And we find him penning the Psalms, Psalms 23, where it says this, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, most of us have heard and been taught this um, scripture at a funeral because the entire premise of this chapter was not written when things were going well. They were written in a time when David's life was in a valley. See, it's one thing to give God thanks for all the good things that He's done for us. And that's honestly easy. Even a kid can learn that. I give a kid a toy, the kid says thank you. If they don't, I'm going to take your toy. (laughs) But no, I'm playing. It... But here David learns this in Psalms 23. He said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Yea, is what one translation says. But this one says, even though. That means this. He says, even though, right now, Things don't look real good. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Even though right now my marriage is a wreck. Even though right now I hate this job and I have to go every day. Even though what the doctors are telling me is I'm going to have to take radiation or chemo. Even though 
the kids are so far from God that I can't see any possible way of them turning back. David said that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he says, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. He turns. He was talking about God to that point, And then he says, you. He turns it at that point, And he says this. Everything may be hell in my life right now. But I'm going to be thankful that I'm here with you in it. Because there's a worse place to be. And that's to be in hell without you. And the truth of the matter is this. You going through junk and even those situations doesn't mean God has left you. What it means is God is maturing you. And read the next scripture. He says, and this is where it even gets harder. It says, and you prepare a table before me in front of my enemies. You ever ate in a restaurant with somebody that you knew didn't like you? It's tough. You ever sit in a room with somebody? You might be sitting in here today and you think, man, that person over there don't like me. You can't listen to anything in the service because you know that there's an... What, how do you, what do you do when you're, when you're having to stare your enemies face to face? What he's saying is this. Even though things ain't good right now, even though I'm in an even though situation, I'm in a valley at this moment in this time, even though I'm single, even though I'm broke, even though I'm depressed, even though... I'm addicted, even though you still can give a praise to the Lord. Because this is the next level. This level is what gives God an opportunity to come into your situation. The will of God is not that you don't walk through the fire. The will of God is that you walk through the fire and the fourth man is present with you. You've got to understand. And that only comes by you saying that I'm going to praise God in all things because God inhabits the praises of His people. And so when you, even though you can give God thanks, give God, actually may not be grateful, but actually go through, because i got to be honest with you, there were times I had to praise and give God thanks when my heart did not feel any gratitude for what I was going through. But it did feel like I needed help in this situation. And so I had to praise Him, even though I was in the middle of a battle, or even though I was in the middle of everything in my world going wrong, because that is the will of God concerning you. That you don't go through this thing alone. And you don't stay in this thing for very long. It says, even though I go through the valley of the shadow of it, you're going through it. If you can be grateful and put an action to your gratefulness, you won't be in it very long. You're going to go through what you're going through. It's not going to become what you are. The greatest story I can see in the Bible is when David and his men were at at Ziglag. And the Bible says the enemy came and they stole everything in his life. Stole his wife, his money, his kids. And it says he cried till he could cry no more. He was, even though right in the middle of all this junk, even though I've lost everything, the Bible says he then encouraged himself in the Lord. He made himself turn to a place to be able to praise. And then the Bible says this, should I go after them at all? And he said, pursue them all and you will overtake them and get back everything that you've lost. And this is what it says, though. It says he went with his men. He went with his men and they got to a river. And the name of that river was Bezer. 
Now, the word Bezer means a river of cold water. And the Bible says when they stepped into that water, half of his men said, yeah, that's a little to go for us. We're going to stay here. And this is what happened. The others went on through. You can't let what you're going through, can't let what you're going through become what you are. When you're in the middle of the junk, see, they stepped in the cold water and they got cold. When you're going through it, you step into it and you praise and keep your fire hot even though you're going through it. And the Bible says they came out on the other side. And when they came out on the side, they did recover everything they lost. They recovered even more than that was taken. And they brought back the ones that gave up at the river their stuff too. I'm telling you, it was if you can decide that I'm just going through, but I'm not going through alone. I'm going to learn to do what David did. I'm going to praise you even though. Don't look like it's changing. Don't feel like it's changing. Don't know if it will, even though I'm going to praise Job did it best than you could ever see it. His wife was even saying, just cuss God and be done. And he said, though he slay me, still will I praise him. You've got to see there's a level that even though you say, well, cricket, I might not live through this one. You may not. So what are you going to do till you die? Job said, I'm just going to praise him, even if he slay me. But then there's another level and we're done. There's, there's elementary. There's junior high. But this is the one that changes it all. I call this one high school. Because it's the one that will determine whether or not you get to graduate into something greater. And Moses didn't teach it to us. And David didn't teach it to us. Jesus himself taught us this one. And it says this. If you look into, go into John chapter 6, verse 11. Jesus said, man, if you can't do nothing else but praise me for what I've done for you, make the choice to do it and you can be in the will of God. That may be just the acceptable will of the Lord, but you're in God's will. And God's will is where you go forward. But if you can also learn to get into middle school and start praising me while you're going through it, hey, there's blessings that come on board on that. Did I tell you what the word whole means? I've got to tell you what the word whole means. The leper that Jesus, he came back and said, I'm 80, it ran on. The leper came and said, I laid down worship, said, thank you. Jesus, he's the only one out of the ten. That word whole that I made you go back and see. That word means lacking nothing and complete. The other nine were okay, living life healed. But missing fingers, missing toes, missing noses, and missing ears. When you allow the blessings to keep you from coming back, I'm telling you, that's why I'm going to be in church. There's times I come to church, though, because... uh, I'm going to get something out of it. I like the preacher. But there are times I come to church that I don't like who's preaching, but I don't come to get because that's probably, that's not my, and like today, you're here probably thinking, I'm not here today to get something from the preacher. You don't like him, but you come here today, not because what you're going to get, but you're here to be able to say, thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. Because see, that one that came back, 
He said, you've been made whole. He got his fingers back. He got his nose back. He got his ears back. He got his toes back. See, God just don't want you healed. He wants you whole. And the act and the will of God is that you've been made whole. None should perish. Not a finger, not a toe. Not... But when you come back and say, thank you. And you come back and you say, thank you. And you say, Cricket, I'm right in the middle of this thing. But you say, thank you. God has the permission and the ability to begin to put wholeness back into your life. And begin to heal you and make you whole. Which is different than just being healed. But then Jesus said this. The next principle, the high school level is this. To learn how to say thank you when it's too late. See... David learned how to do it while he was in the middle of it. But how do you say thank you when it's over? When it's too late? When the marriage is done? How do you say thank you when the dreams are smashed? How do you say thank you when the career is lost? How do you say thank you when it's stage four cancer? How do you say thank you when it's too late? It's too late. The enemy's convinced you that there's nothing you can do. It's over. You might as well just ride this thing on out. And this is what Jesus said. In John chapter 6, it starts off the story and it says, and it was late in the day. It had gotten late. Now, this is, story is in all four Gospels. All four of the penmen recognize how important this story is. It says, when it had gotten late in the day, his disciples came to Jesus and told them, Master, it's been here. They've been listening all day. Now they've gotten hungry. Send them away so they can be fed. They can get something to eat. And Jesus said, no, I'm not going to send them away because I want you to know something. If the enemy's telling you today that it's too late, I'm here to tell you, Jesus is saying, it's not. It's not too late. It's not over. It's not finished. The only thing that was finished in the Bible was the work of Jesus. And it was for you, the will of God. And it will be finished. He will faithfully complete the work that he has started in you. And he said this. He said, don't send them home. Do we have any food? And they said, yes, I'm paraphrasing. He said, yes, we've got some, but it's not going to be near enough. In other words, now it's too late and there's not near enough to do what we need to do. And this is what Jesus said in verse 6, verse 11. And Jesus, having the people sit down, there was plenty of grass in the place. And they said, and they sat down, about 5,000 men were there. And Jesus then took the loaves and he gave thanks. This is another level of graduation, of giving thanks. And this level can only be done in front of an audience. It don't work privately. I'm, I'm telling you. If you're going to move into this level of thankfulness... It has to work in front of an audience. He, he actually made them sit down in front of him. Not stand up in the crowd and hopefully nobody would. He sat down an audience in front of him. This is called the Yoda praise, which means public praise. And he sat them down. And before he did anything, before he broke the bread, before he explained what was going on, because I've got to be honest with you, I don't, I'm not sure he knew how it was going to take place. But I think, I think he knew what a public thanksgiving would do. I don't, think, I don't know if he, when he took the bread, if he thought God was going to put a bread in everybody's pocket or if he was going to send a whole caravan over the hill carrying loads of baskets of bread. I don't think Jesus knew what was going to take place because I, I think he would have told them. 
God's about to do this, and then he would approve what God was about to do. But it didn't matter because I don't think you have to know the way God's going to do it. I think you're just going to have to do what Jesus did. And even though it seems too late, you thank God for being God anyway. There is a level that you can move to. It's also found, look here, in John chapter 11. Now, I'll lay the story out for you. A guy got sick, and they sent for Jesus. And Jesus was actually two days away. They told Jesus that your buddy's sick. And Jesus said, I'm going to stay right here for a little while. And then the Bible says that his friend died. And then Jesus looked at his disciples and said, let us go. It was too late. And we know it was too late because when Jesus showed up to Martha, Martha ran up and said, Jesus, if you had only been here, it wouldn't have ended like this. God, it's too late. I'm telling you, the enemy's trying to convince people that it's too late. You'll never be able to have that kind of house or you're never going to be able to live that kind of life. You're never going to get to have that kind of marriage. You'll never see your kids come in. Look how far off they are. It's never too late to give God praise for what only God can do in your future. And this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, it's too late. And Jesus, then he told us this secret. He said this, it was better for you that I was not here so that your faith, this is what the Message Bible says. You can read it in your Message Bible. It says that your faith can go to another level. There's another level that God has for you to live on. This is not just ordinary praise. This is praise that is released into your future to do things that only God can do. He said, your praise is about to go, your faith is going to go to another level. He says, remove the stone, and this is what we see. He says, so they took away the stone, and then Jesus looked up. I tell you, this is key, because if you want miraculous power at work in your life in areas that it's too late, you can't keep looking at the tomb. You've got to decide that God's the source of this thing. He says he looked up. He quit looking at the body. They said he's sick. They thought, you know, if you'd have just got here when he was sick, you could have fixed it. But you waited too late. Or if you just got got here in my 20s, if you would have just brought him in in my 20s, then I wouldn't have been through the wrong marriage that I went through my broken heart. Now I'm damaged. No, you need to understand. Quit looking at what you're standing in and look up because your help comes from the Lord. This is what it says. Look up to the hills. For your help comes from the Lord. And so God can give you something that you can't even understand how He can do it. Has God ever done anything in your life? You thought you had it all worked out, how God was going to work this thing out. You got there and God did it totally different. But it was better than you could even imagine. I'm telling you, I've been there so many times in my life, but I've learned this. When I'm looking at a dead man, I better start looking at a living God. Because it says he looked up. And then look what it said. It said before he did anything. It says, I thank you, Father. In front of everybody. In front of everybody. He was was setting himself up to look like a fool. Because he was giving God thanks before God had done anything. We didn't even know that, I can tell you this... 
they had completely believed God was not even there until Jesus showed up. You might have to give God thanks when you don't even think God's involved. He hadn't even shown up yet. But it says He gave thanks. Then He rolled away the stone. And then God reached into that tomb and jerked out a dead, stinking man. You say, my marriage is in such bad shape. You start looking up and giving thanks. You start looking. You say, my kids are so far gone. You start giving thanks. See, I've learned this personally in my life, and that's why I'm bringing this. They say a good sermon brings it all the way back around to the beginning. Here you go. Do you know why I'm going to Disney this week? Is because I learned this principle through some hell we walked through. And what I've learned is this. If I'll start thanking God for future, I don't know how He can do it. And I don't tell Him how He needs to do it. But I can trust He's big enough to do it. Even though it looks so bad that I start thanking Him for it. I, I remember when my family didn't even look like we were going to be a family anymore. When we come out of that, I started thanking God that you're going to make every one of my kids' dreams come true. I thank you, Lord, that they have such a future that they love worshiping and they love serving you. I thank you, Lord, for them serving. I started thanking God. And we're going to Disney not because it's my dream. We're going to Disney because it's my daughter's dream to walk in a Disney parade. God cares about that. Why? Because I started releasing Thanksgiving. I still do. I thank God that He's putting the right man in their future that is passionately in love with the Lord. That when they get old enough and they meet Him, they will serve the Lord as a family and they will have children, raise children. I thank the Lord for honestly in these days and times and what statistics say, they say that my kids, as a pastor's kid, will go through a season where they will leave the house of God, get into a mess and have to run back to God when they get there and I thank the Lord that that will never happen to my children even though the world and the statistics say it will I tell you I thank the Lord that there's no trap that the enemy's setting in store for me and my wife and our future I thank the Lord I try to dream things that I can thank God for because when I can thank God for the impossible that he has not done in my life yet it positions me in the will of God for him to be able to do the impossible You've got to get yourself to a place where you quit looking at what you're needing God to do and you start thanking Him for the impossible. He said, I thank you you're about to raise my buddy from the dead. I thank you that you're about to feed 5,000 people. You've got to start thanking Him for the impossible. And that's hard. Because that means you've got to start dreaming. I thank you, Lord, that i got the biggest business in this town in my field. I thank you, Lord, that I'm going statewide with these things. I thank the Lord for contracts and condo owners that call me and won't take business by anybody but me so they can write me checks bigger than anybody else's checks. I tell you, I thank the Lord for impossible. And when you thank God for impossible, it moves you into the perfect will of the Lord where you become the head and not the tail. You get to live above and not beneath. You'll become the lender and not the borrower. Thank God for impossible. I'm going to close like this. There are levels of graduation. See, when you hit this level and you pass that test, the 12th grade, you have the rest of your life to live your dream. I'm telling you, I'm living the dream. But it wasn't until I learned to live the will of God, which is to give thanks in everything, which is the will of God concerning me. 
Do you got issues in your life? Absolutely. But I'm going to thank God in the middle of my issues. This is the one. This level right here is the one that releases the power of God into your future. And this is the one that will turn what I love to call a grave into a garden. So I want to close with this. The praise team is going to lead this way. This is what they're going to say. The Bible says that he can turn graves into gardens. He can turn bones into soldiers. He can turn, what is it? What has the song go? Something into roads. Uh, the seasons, the highways. <laughs> because every one of us, if you're honest, we've got graves or we've got seas or we've got all kind of issues that we're dealing with. But if you'll decide to start praising and thanking God for the impossible publicly, I'm telling you, it's publicly is the secret. Both of those times. You, the, you know, Jesus said thank you another time. He was sitting in the upper room. It says he took the cup, he took the bread. It says, and he gave thanks. Do you know what came out of that? Grave in the garden. That's the, that thank you was the very thank you that released salvation into your life. That thank you was the very salvation that saved me and my family. That's the, that was the thank you that got my children serving the Lord because He was willing to give thanks for what He was going to go through, which brought salvation. And only what God could do, pay my price. That thank you still is at work in your life if you would use it. And so this song said, so I don't know where you are today. Maybe you're not understanding me. Maybe I'm not being clear enough. But today can be graduation day for you. You can decide that today you're going to start complaining altogether and you're just going to start thanking God for what He's done. And I'm telling you, that's good. That lines you into the will of the Lord. You may be there and you're ready to say, I'm ready to thank God for what I'm going through because I'm in the middle of some junk right now. Hey, that's awesome because this is the will of the Lord. Or you might be here today and you say, Cricket, I'm looking at graves and I'm looking at not enough and I'm looking at impossible. And you decide that I'm going to graduate this thing altogether. I'm going to start thanking God publicly for what He's about to do if I don't even understand how He can. And it's going to release the will of God at work in your life that will transform things you can't even imagine. Imagine. I'm living the dream because I've decided to thank God no matter what. Now, did I learn that? Yes. Well, am I that spiritual? No, I have to remind myself constantly, just like Moses. But I made the decision. Anytime I find myself in a place where God's not getting thanks, I'm out of the will of God, I'm moving back into it, and I'm going to live it again. So this song is called Graves into Gardens. Lee and them are going to lead it. I'm going to ask you, whatever level you're on, to graduate today. And you tie aside that whatever it is, you start thanking God for the impossible or you start thanking God even though or you start thanking God because but you watch the will of God go to work in your life in the name of Jesus there's so much God here we we joy in the blessings and we miss his will and his will is to reach out and and pull in oh let me share this with this sciatic nerve all down the right side of me, I said, that's a, that sciatic nerve, nah, I don't have it. I'm not taking it back either. Anyway, uh, 
I was in pain around two. I mean, this, this is screaming stuff here. Ooh. But I was in pain around two o'clock in the morning. And I couldn't go to sleep. And I said, I prayed and I, I laid back down. And uh, I don't know if Jesus, because he does it with me himself. Or it was a ministering angel. I don't know which. But honey, I laid down. It was like he went from the top of my head. Split me open all the way down to my toes. He was doing something in me that no man can do on that side. And the doctor, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, I'm telling you, I relaxed and, and, and fell slap to sleep. I'm, that pain was gone. But that's what he does. Well, and it don't matter what kind of pain you got. He'll take it if we trust him to do it. Oh, I'm so grateful. He's done so much. Oh, and I, and I walked better that next day, too. But, now this is the good part. He wanted me to go to therapy and meet all those good young people. Good, good young people. I'm telling you, they are precious. And, and he just, it just, they just press. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I'm so grateful. <laughs> but I would have missed that will of God. And that's too much. We don't want to miss his will. That's why we're here, to do his bidding. Oh, glory to God. I don't know how to explain it. Oh, Jesus. The, as great as the pain was. His will is greater, way greater than any of that. And we have to look through it. And we walk, he walks, he never leaves us, not for a second. Not a for a second he'll leave us, never, never. And we just have to, oh, Lord, like he said, love you, stick close to me. I'll show you great and mighty things. And that ain't just for me. That's for every single one in this, in this building. Dear God, he's got so much he wants to share with us. And he's going to do it, girl, boys and girls. He's going to do it. Hey, sometimes the Bible says, And the hand of the Lord took me and took me down into a valley. And he said, What do you see? I see dry bones. He said, Start speaking to them. Start prophesying to them. Speak the word of the Lord. I'm telling you. And they started shaking and praising you move to a place of prayer. I, let me show you the most important. This works. I thank the Lord every day that God gives Jennifer the most amazing, gorgeous husband you could ever imagine. And he didn't physically do it, but she thinks he did. That's impossible. Amen. <laughs> no, you thank God for what you dream about. And you watch God start working for it on your behalf. Let's go into this song. Whenever you feel you've hit it, you're dismissed.
Treasures of faith. 